what's going on? How is what you're doing gonna fix it? Should we stop eating mature vegetables and just eat the, the sprouts? But you say don't do that. That's right. Why? Should I just replace all my supplements with sprouts? It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for being here. You're a pioneer in the natural food industry. You're a speaker, you're an author, and you're an inspiration to me and so many others. I love, you know, what you do, what you put out there. And I, I truly think what you're doing is is changing the world. Let's start with this. When I look at the world, the food systems, I get, I get sad. Um, I think there's a study that said that children born in the year 2000 will have a one in three chance of developing diabetes. They will be the first generation to live shorter lives than their parents. Mm. Uh, there's another study that said the food that we eat kills 700, over 700,000 people a year. That's more people that died in World War I, World War II, the Afghanistan War, and the Vietnam War combined in one year, all from preventable causes. What's going on? And, and how, how is what you're doing going to fix it? I mean, I, I think what I'm doing is something that's so obvious, right? If we think about nature was very successful in its propagation and expansion long before we walked on this planet. And seeds, which certain people are familiar with seeds, oh, pumpkin seeds or sesame seeds mm -hmm. or poppy seeds, people don't think about, unless you're a botanist mm. or you are a farmer, mm. the average human being, myself included, were not aware of the magic of seeds, mm. right? And so um, I grew up poor and then I crossed over to upper middle class. And so when I started to have any sort of disposable income, mm -hmm. it went towards food, mm -hmm. right? A, a sign of wealth was the ability to go out to eat, right? And to buy expensive cuts of meat mm. or high quality fish, mm. right? And so as a result, I became sloppy, 36 pounds overweight. You know, I would need a nap in the middle of the afternoon. I could fall asleep in meetings. Mm. I was still driven, you know, as an individual with goals, mm. but I was stuck in this matrix of, using food as a reward system. And then my aunt got diabetes um, at the age I am right now. Mm. At 56, she got diabetes. And they amputated both of her feet below her ankles. And then within the same year, she died. Complications with diabetes. Okay. And then my uncle got heart disease and died. My mother uh, developed stomach cancer and died. Mm. My father who was relatively healthy, got misdiagnosed in the hospital. They ended up giving him an epidural and then he had a heart attack and they didn't know he had a heart attack and he died in the same hospital as my mother died. Mm. And my brother at the time had his first of three strokes and a heart attack. Mm. And so when, when I look at these health issues, I personally thought, Okay, that's just the way the world is, mm. right? Maybe I'm just genetically cursed. Mm. You know, 
Maybe I won the ovarian lottery by being born in America, mm. right? But then I was also uh, cursed with bad genes. Mm. And then through the universe, divinely guided, I met someone who was exclusively plant-based. Mm. I met them at two o'clock in the morning, literally after eating a duck out of the window in a restaurant in Chinatown where I ate the fat, chewed on the bone, ate the marrow. Mm. And here I am, I'm speaking to a beautiful light of, of a woman who was vegan. Mm. And in connecting with her on the deepest level, I mean, the music was loud, the lights were crazy, it was crowded. And I was clinging to every word that she talked about mm. because her sister died of leukemia, her mother died of cancer. And she told me that I was not genetically cursed, mm. that I was living a carcinogenic lifestyle. Wow. I was living a heart disease laden lifestyle. Wow. And that, that if I chose to be more harmonious with nature, right? More conscious mm. um, that I could change. And in a two week period, I went on a deep dive and I went from eating anything to vegetarian, to vegan, mm. to raw vegan, mm. and definition to the broader audience. So I was eating fresh, ripe, raw, fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, seaweeds, and sprouts. In two weeks, you were that inspired. You felt that deeply about shifting your, your diet that in two weeks, you, you shifted everything that you ate. Everything. Wow. And I didn't know. I would have done it overnight, except <laughs> I, I just didn't know. I didn't have a playbook. Okay. Right? This is 1999. I did not have the playbook. Mm. It took me two weeks of going deep to develop the playbook. And I haven't looked back. So when you ask what's going on in the world, now that I have distance and I can be the observer mm. to that old version of myself, to my family members, to my friends, I can look back and see like, well, why? Mm. And, you know, we are a society the developed world mm. is capitalistically driven. We live in a society where they are marketing and advertising food that has been designed and engineered, not just genetically engineered, but engineered using additives, preservatives, food colorings, monosodium glutamate, um, and to make the food trigger the pleasure sensors in the brain, the dopamine and the serotonin. So if you think about almost all processed food, mm -hmm. it has preservatives to make it last forever. Those can't be good for our system. They have salts, oils, and sugars, oils being fats and sugars being sweet and salt being highly delicious and subsequently addictive. Mm. So we have a food system that the food is being engineered to make you um, addicted. If it was healthy, I don't think the food companies would mind, but it turns out in order to make it that um, compulsively addictive, mm. um, it ends up having consequences, which is what you're talking about. We have 90 plus million people um, in America that are pre-diabetic, 50% don't even know that they're pre-diabetic. Yeah. 
and we have over 30 million people that are diabetic. And what do we do, which feeds into another part of our capitalistic society, coupled with the free rights of the constitution, which give people freedom, mm. they say, don't, you don't have to change anything. Just take this medicine, take this drug, follow this protocol, and then you are addicted on these um, prescription pharmaceuticals for the rest of your life. Mm. And if you were to read, and I encourage everyone, to, like, just assume everything that I'm saying is bullshit, okay? Mm. Do your own research yeah. and read the side effects mm. of every single um, drug, mm. and you'll see that there is no, like, you have a choice, right? You know, the way you look, which is very refined, um, you could also, and we're in LA, I can refer you to a plastic surgeon who will sculpt your body, remove the fat, you know, stitch your gastro stomach and sculpt you. And it will be, you know, two hours of hell, mm -hmm. right? And then a month recovery. Mm -hmm. You won't look exactly the way you look, mm -hmm. but for twenty-five dollars to $50,000, they'll get you a lot better mm -hmm. than um, the way you were looking before. Mm -hmm. Or you could be dedicated to having hours of practice of working out, cardio, climbing, pull-ups, et cetera, and doing the work mm. and finding joy in doing that work, mm. um, which will be a lot healthier because you're also using, um, you're also gaining strength, mm. you're expanding your lungs and your heart, your respiratory system. Mm. So the, the, like we live in a society where people are going for shortcuts, like yeah. we're conditioned. And, and this is part of nature, right? So we, we're not pointing fingers. And like yeah. nature says, preserve your energy, energy. Yeah. right? Be lazy mm. and go out and harvest. You know, I don't use the other H word, um, the hunt word. I, I really remove that mm. from my vocabulary mm. because that is not something I, I believe in, mm. right? But that people stayed until... They got so hungry that they got off their butt to go find food, mm. right? And otherwise they just wait, yeah. right? And now we have a society where people, you know, can get as much food as they want, mm. you know, effortlessly, you know, whether it's beyond Instacart or fast foods yeah. or drive through, there's no shortage of food, which actually, um, this is a great segue mm -hmm. that I always lived New York, LA, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then when I made the decision to move into nature and I moved into the Mojave Desert mm. to Wonder Valley mm. um, and I had my vision for Wonder Valley Hot Springs, my vision was like, oh, I'm going to see beautiful sunrises and sunsets and I'm going to soak in the hot springs and look at the <laughs> galaxy yeah. and, and see the Milky Way. Mm -hmm. And I had the stark realization that not only was I in the desert, mm. I was in a food desert. Mm. Mm. And that was causing me to second guess all my decisions, like mm. literally wanting to break my, my escrow, get back my money and move on. Wow. Because um, like I went on to 
organic near me, vegan near me, yeah. plant-based near me, yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. Wow. Like happy cow showed big zero oh, results. Wow. The closest food source was the liquor store. Huh. Then there was 7-Eleven. Then there was McDonald's, Burger King, and Taco Bell. Mm. And so I, I felt for the first time that what the people in the flyover states were experiencing, mm. the people in you know deep urban environments mm. were experiencing, mm. no access to healthy food. Mm. And, and that's when that night, you know, while I'm tripping in the hot spring, looking at the stars, did I get the sprout download? Love that. Love that. One thing I wanted to touch on that you said, um, you mentioned the plastic surgery versus uh, working hard and, and enjoying that journey. Uh, we had talked about Tony Robbins. And before Tony Robbins, there was a guy named Maxwell Maltz. Yes. Maxwell Maltz, he was a plastic surgeon. And what he started to notice is as he would as he would sculpt and change um, and artistically just just make his patients as beautiful as possible. After he was done, they looked perfect, but they still felt ugly. And and so he noticed this trend, even though he changed the outside, the inside. They still had this self-image of themselves that was of the person before. And so he 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 created this science called psychocybernetics, which is all about changing the inside, the inner, the inner vision, the the self-image. Uh, because without that, it's like winning a lottery. It's the, it's the reason why most people who win a lottery end up broke a few years later, because they still had the self-image of somebody who was poor. So until you change the self-image, life doesn't change. And so I, I wanted to say that because so many of us do go for that shortcut. And I think nature is we're naturally inclined to go for that shortcut, right? The uh to conserve energy, as you said. Uh, but you know, one of one of my favorite quotes is if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. Sometimes going that hard path, going that deconvenience path is the best thing for us in the That's long right. run. We have a separate voice, right? And that voice is not our voice. It's the collective consciousness of society. Mm. And that voice can either make you successful mm. or can destroy you, mm. right? And being able to master that voice um, can determine like, how do you seize opportunities? Like we connected on Instagram, mm -hmm. right? And you said, hey, do you want to do this podcast? I live two and a half hours away, right? And I'm, you know, my goal is to serve and to share the information. So there was no question. It was automatic mm -hmm. for me, even though Thursday morning, I woke up in West Palm Beach, Thursday night, nine o'clock, I'm like, getting on a flight to Vegas, then I'm driving from Vegas to Wonder Valley Hot Springs, and I wasn't even home for 24 hours. I was not even in my house for 24 hours before I got in the car this morning to come here. Oh, well, I'm so grateful that you are here because I know you have a lot to share with us. I was reading your your book, and I noticed something, something interesting. Uh, the forward, uh, Joel Furman, I, I, I read his stuff. A long time ago, and was super impacted. Um, the the nutritarian yes diet. I, I absolutely love it. Um, the G bombs method, which I find to be the simplest uh, way that somebody can 
Start to Eat Healthy. The G, just just so people know, this acronym G-BOMBS is the food that you should try to eat every day. The most nutrient-dense, low-calorie food. G, dark leafy greens. B, beans. O, onions. M, mushrooms. B, berries. And S, seeds. If we eat these every day, we can live optimally. So I love that. Um, that you that he that he wrote the foreword for your book, yes, which leads us into sprouts and how sprouts are this nutrient dense, super nutrient dense food, low in calories, and you say the most most nutritious food in the world. Yeah, absolutely by far. Huh. And and actually, Joel and I love Joel, and I read his books, all of his books, and in particular, Eat to Live where most people are living to eat, right? And, you know, the shift from living to eat versus eating to live means we're looking at food as fuel to nourish this human transport vehicle for our soul, right? So I reached out to Joel and, you know, I don't have a great relationship with Joel. Like I'm an unpublished, at the time I was an unpublished author and I reached out to him and I told him my vision and he's like, look, I love sprouts. Um, and as a matter of fact, um, we should grow our own sprouts here at our retreat center. So I set him up with growing his own sprouts. And he wrote uh, the forward to the book, which was, you know, off the charts. Yeah. And so what happened back into the desert before, and I'm not a quitter, right? I will persist until I succeed, love it. right? So I said, there's got to be a way. I'll have a garden, Right, I'll have a raised bed garden. I'll grow my own vegetables. Yeah. And the research said that takes weeks or months huh. or years huh. and may not be successful huh. because of the, the incredible polarity and, and climate swings and humidity, et cetera. And you'd be better off. Like anyone who I told I wanted to do that said, you're better off just, just going to Whole Foods, mm-hmm. just buying your produce. Mm-hmm. When I thought about the sprouts and I'm seeing the the stars in the universe, they started to twinkle mm. at me. Mm. And each constellation started to represent a different type of sprouts. Whoa. And I had known about sprouts and had been sprouting for 25 years, but only alfalfa sprouts or mung bean sprouts. I had never, you know, gone deep mm. on sprouts. And the download that I got on sprouts was number one, sprouts were baby vegetables. Mm. So they were vegetables and that they weren't just alfalfa and mung bean. They were alfalfa, azuki, radish, clover, broccoli, chia, lentils, fenugreek, Mm. mustard, um, all sorts of red beet, radish. I mean, it was amazing variety. So number one, sprouts were vegetables. Mm. Number two, sprouts were vitamins and minerals. Mm. So when I went deep on that, turns out that every single sprout contains every single amino acid to form a complete protein. Whoa. That sprouts contain micronutrients, phytonutrients, hmm. polyphenols, bioflavonoids, prebiotics, hmm. antioxidants. Hmm. It's like, whoa, in sprouts. Hmm. And that every benefit of the whole food plant-based diet hmm. could be achieved by eating sprouts. Hmm. And then the third part, which is still even hard for me to fathom, was that sprouts were medicine. Mm. That sprouts were medicine Mm. and that there were um, clinical trials, lab trials, published, Mm. peer-reviewed, 
papers on how sprouts were killing cancer cells, how they were treatment for um, people suffering from autism, Mm -hmm. how sprouts could detoxify benzene and air pollutants from the lungs, and how sprouts could help reverse insulin resistance a la diabetes because they were high fiber, low calorie, low fat. Mm -hmm. That there was this amazing medicinal potential mm. of sprouts. Mm. And in that moment, in that night, like I, I found my purpose. Mm. Like I just found my purpose. Mm. And it was sharing this message of sprouts and sprouting and growing your own food and your own nutrition. And God, it, this is, I love the audience. and I love that it's getting hot in here. Mm. Like, yeah, you feel it? I feel it. <laughs> You're I, from the desert. You're I, used to I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so- um, when I think about it, like why sprouts? So number one, they are the most nutritious food on the planet, mm. right? So you can eat sprouts and you get what you need from sprouts. But from a sharing and changing the world perspective, mm. you can grow sprouts without soil, Whoa. without sunshine, wow. without fertilizers, <laughs> insecticides, pesticides, fungicides. There's something in that seed. Mm that is divinely determined Mm. to sprout, Mm. to germinate into a vegetable, Mm. and that you become the co-creator with the seed, Mm. and you get to transform these seeds. And seeds are dormant living organisms. So it looks, the seed looks like, you know, a pebble or a little stone, but it has a life force and energy Mm. inside of them. Mm. And the numbers, by the way, don't add up, right? If you were to take a seed and send it to a lab and say, tell me what's in this seed, Mm -hmm. right? And they would tell you the macronutrients and the micronutrients and say, oh, it's X, Y. Mm -hmm. But if you take that seed and you take some hydrogen and oxygen, Mm. right? H2O, Mm. and you mix it together (laughs) in five days, you're getting 10 times the volume. You're doubling the antioxidant levels. You're tripling the vitamin C. You're quadrupling the soluble and insoluble fiber. Mm. That what is causing that to happen, that that seed knows how to sequester carbon Mm. from the atmosphere. Mm. It knows how to consume the carbon, release oxygen, and become part of this system and become more exponentially more than the sum of its parts. Mm. So the numbers don't add up. On that. And when we think about whole food, right, which is common language, when you're eating, and by the way, I love pineapple, I love asparagus, I love all these vegetables, I love berries. When you're eating a berry, a pineapple, a piece of asparagus, Mm -hmm. um, society calls that a whole food, but it's really part of a food that is separated from its overall plant structure. Interesting. Because you're not getting the roots, you're not getting the limbs, you're just getting the the end product of this plant. But when you're eating a sprout, you're getting the root, the shoot, the endosperm, the Hmm. embryo, this entire amalgamation that is alive and living. Wow. Like this is living foods, whole living foods. And every component of that plant has incredible 
um, biochemical positive reactions mm. um, to the body. Mm. And when we think about freshness, mm-hmm. imagine how fresh it is when you are eating it at its peak part. It's like seed, day one, day two, day three, day five, mm. it's perfect, you eat it. Mm. And beyond the seven days, that sprout, if not transplanted into soil and mm. given sunshine and fertilizer, will die. Mm. So it's almost like the the stem cell or the baby cell grows and nature, creator, God, whatever you want to call it, mm. has made sprouts almost like the cheat code of the universe. Ah, well, I got a question, and I know it's getting hot in here, so we're going to step uh, out a bit. Oh, no, I, you, you like, you I like love it? it, yeah. You understand. Um, it's the, the cheat code of the universe. I believe that. So, But one question I had was, should we stop eating mature vegetables and just eat the, the sprouts? What I think is we should eat fresh, organic plants in all stages, in all varieties, uh-huh. um, in abundance. Okay. Um, if you're like me yeah. and you live in the desert yeah. and you don't have access to mature vegetables, mm-hmm. then you can do fine on sprouts. Okay. Right? And, and that's what happened. So after doing sprouts mm-hmm. for 30 days, my diet became the sprout diet. Mm-hmm. And because that's what I had to survive on. Mm-hmm. I thought this was too good to be true. Hmm. Too good to be true. Hmm. So that's when I said, let me reach out and I'll call Dr. Joel Furman. Hmm. And I called Dr. Mark Hyman and Dr. Dean Ornish and Dr. Joel Kahn and Dr. Josh Axe. And turns out some of these doctors um, promoted the functional medicine diet some the ketogenic diet, some were plant-based, and they all loved sprouts. Wow. Like they gave me the stamp of wow. approval that wow. they love sprouts. Wow. And so that gave me the fuel huh. to saying, oh, I can get the nutritional support. And by the way, yeah, you know, and, and you're all about positivity, yeah. right? Yeah. I was very insecure about myself and about sprouts, Mm. but I was pulled Mm. to reach out to these people. Mm. I was called to reach out to them. And I didn't give a hoot whether they answered the phone or not, answered the email, decide to contribute. Mm. I had no attachment, Mm. but as long as there was breath in me, Mm. I was gonna reach out Mm. to those cats Mm. and ask them, hey, what do you think about sprouts? Mm. And then my next question, which I was hoping um, would be positive mm. was, would you contribute to my book? Mm. And they all unanimously like wanted to contribute to the book. Mm. Love that. Love that. Are there any benefits that mature vegetables have that sprouts don't? Mature vegetables are very filling. Mm. So you get more volume mm-hmm. from mature vegetables. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the convenience factor, of going to the store Mm. and buying a pound of celery or a pound of broccoli. Mm. It's convenient, it's familiar, et cetera. If you were asking me, um, is there a benefit Mm -hmm. nutritionally of consuming mature vegetables over um, sprouts? 
I would say digestive um, issues will be easier to process in the beginning, like mature vegetables, because they have less concentration of these phytonutrients. Now, there's this whole other uh, rabbit hole that I'm just going to, you know, we'll just peer, peek into. Yeah. People will ask, well, what about um, the plant's defense mechanisms? Right. What Fun about lectins, lectins yeah. right? And one of the things about sprouting is you reduce the phytic acid, you reduce the lectins, you remove the enzyme inhibitors, and you're taking this seed that has the protective shell on it, and you're triggering the germination, and now you have something that's robust, but it's soluble and insoluble fiber, and you don't have to eat that external um, shell, also hull, also known as the testa. You don't have to consume that. You get to eat the, the inside joy. And what I can tell you is that it's really good. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's really good. I agree. I'm in uh, full agreement with that one. I've been eating sprouts for a few years. Um, I love them. I love them. Most people, few people know about sprouts. Most people that know about sprouts know about broccoli sprouts, but yeah. there are many more sprouts out there potentially with greater benefits. Let's talk about that Get the do the hydration session because you know some getting hot in here. Oh, you like okay. that Nelly song? It's hot in here. Um, get some coconut water and 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 chill out there. How's All that right. sound? Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. So, how was the sauna for you? The sauna was phenomenal. Yeah, you liked it. it Got a nice sweat. Yeah, I love. I loved it. <laughs> I I love spa therapies. Yeah, yeah. Well, only the best for you, Doug. Only the Thank best. You. <laughs> so, one thing I wanted to wanted to touch upon was the history of sprouting. You you told me that you didn't invent this stuff. You're kind of standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, tell me a little bit more about the history um, and the discovery, I guess, of sprouts as a nutritional supplement. Yeah, I, I think that um, certain cultures that I'm not anthropologically deep in um, have been using sprouts as the staple of their diets for years, predominantly Asian and Indian cultures have had sprouts in their culture for years. Wow. Um, in the United States, uh, Ann Wigmore um, kind of was the pioneer of wheatgrass and sprouting and used that to treat and reverse chronic illnesses. Mm. And this was in the 60s, mm. so long before me. And then her partner, Victorus, and then Brian Clement, who went on to uh, run Hippocrates, and there was Steve Meyerwitz, um, the, the Sprout Man. These people were out there early writing books about sprouting, um, getting it into the culture, but it didn't cross the chasm. Like, you know, certain people got tuned into it and turned on by it, okay. but it didn't cross um, the, the culture. Hmm. But it made it through till to me, because I read their books. And when I went to the farmer's market in New York City, the Union Square Market, there were sprout menders there selling it and growing the sprouts. And so that was my early exposure to sprouts. But did you ever read Russell Conwell's Acres of Diamonds? No. Great essay. Okay. You're going to love the essay. Okay. The, the short summary of the essay was there was a farmer, and I'm going to be botching this mm. left and right, 
but there was a farmer man who had land in Pennsylvania and he wanted to be rich and he wanted, you know, was searching for riches and acres of diamonds and he sold his farm. Uh He left his wife, traveled around the world looking for riches and then ultimately was destitute and threw himself into the sea and died. And the person who bought his land, there was a little stream on it and he saw something sparkling in it and it was diamonds, and it turned out to be the largest diamond find in the United States. So right in front of him, he was on acres of diamonds. Mm, love that. So with Sprouts, seeds were in front of me my whole life, and I always thought of Sprouts as a garnish or as a superfood, and I read all the literature, and they were just something that I had on occasion but it was the necessity of, you know, starvation, right? Coupled with the standards of what I'm willing to consume, Mm. right? Because I look at everything I put in my mouth as a life or death decision. And I raise my standards to the point that, you know, if I'm on a cross country flight and I don't bring my own food, I'm drinking water. Mm, right i go to dinner with people and they don't have food that fits into my framework you know i say oh my god thank you so much i i love you you're so generous you fast and and i'm cool like i'm just gonna have i'm just i'm gonna fast i'm I'm okay and i don't feel bad like i've gone to people's houses and their wife maid chef will make a full-on you know, meal. Mm. Like I went to Jamaica with a recording artist to go visit uh, Chris Blackwell at Golden Eye, you know, great resort. And they they made all this food and they brought it out. And I was like, oh, can can you just bring me some coconut and some papayas? Because I I saw them out of the corner of my eye. Mm -hmm. And like my friend who was there, he's like, didn't you feel uncomfortable like not eating the food that was prepared? They said, no, I would have been uncomfortable if I compromised my values. Mm. It is. Like, I'm not telling Mm. them, you shouldn't eat this. This is going to cause cancer. This is going to clog your arteries. Like, Mm. I I, I realized that as long as I'm not telling Mm. people what to do, Mm. no one really cares what I eat. Mm. Wow. Right? It's all in the head. Yeah. Like, wanting to be liked, wanting the social acceptance, Fear that, oh, what will they think, mm. et cetera. Mm. At the end of the day, we have to do what we feel compelled mm. to do. And you're being a model, you know. You you taking that stand and showing that courage uh, that you're not going to be influenced gives people the courage to, to live and make decisions similar to that, you know. I think Einstein said being a model isn't the best way to influence somebody. It's the only way. So you walk the talk. You live this. And you're not willing to compromise your values just to please somebody else. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think in relationships and in anything, being a pleaser mm. just creates more havoc mm. because you end up, if you do something that you don't really want to do, you'll end up resenting it. 100%. Right? So imagine like if I went there and I ate the food that they did and I went home, like as a result, mm. um, it would create more, um, conflict because I wouldn't want to go there again. Mm. And now I feel comfortable going anywhere, right? <laughs> and just showing up, being me, mm. 
you know, and that's where I think Abraham Maslow, you know, talked about, you know, he showed up for a wedding mm -hmm. and his flight was late and it was delayed and he had the choice. Does he show up at the wedding wearing shorts and Hawaiian shirt, you know, and his flip-flops, mm. but be on time? Mm. Or does he go back to the hotel, you know, shit, shower, shave, change, put on the whole rigmarole? You know, what would an enlightened person think? Mm. Um, what other people think about what he was wearing? Mm. He goes, they wouldn't care. Mm. He wouldn't care. Mm. So, you know, as long as I have that reinforced into my system, like I want to be respectful, mm. but I also don't want to compromise my beliefs. Love that. Doug, I have probably spent tens of thousands of dollars on supplements throughout my life. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you name it, you know, I've taken, and, and throughout my, now I'm getting to the point where I only have a few. I got the vitamin D, the K2, I don't even do fish oil anymore. I'm trying to get less and less in, you know, as far as supplements. I try to get my nutrients through food. But I want to ask you, should I just replace all my supplements with sprouts? Prince, I love you, <laughs> right? So I'm going to tell you what I do, mm. right? And it's up to you to make your own decisions. Mm. The only thing that I supplement is vitamin B12. Okay. That is the only thing that I supplement. Mm. And in part, I like my heart says, I don't need to do that. But so much of the society, even the full-on vegan plant-based people, you know, warn you of the neurological uh, potential yeah. of B12 deficiency mm. that uh, I'm willing to say, uh, I'll take the B12 supplement. Mm. In terms of everything else, I, I believe you can get it through food and, you know, sun, you know, for, for the day. Like, I think it's important not only to get sun, I think it's important to be outside. Mm. And I think it's important to do diagnostics, get your blood work, track your levels and see if you are deficient or depleted in any of these um, nutrients or minerals, um, then you need to come up with a plan. But I, I can't believe there's been human life on this planet and depending on, you know, which story you believe, mm. right? It's got to be tens of thousands of years. Um, humans survived to the point that we could be chilling, drinking coconut water mm -hmm. on a podcast mm. and these supplements didn't exist prior to 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I can't believe this perfect invention of man mm. could be deficient mm. in it. I love, you know, the idea of finding nutritionally rich soil, yeah. you know, and, and eating the soil or eating things from the soil mm. that are not washed, that are filled with those positive microbes because mm. the B12 gets manufactured mm. in the stomach. And I actually, do you know who the largest consumer of vitamin B12 is? No. Um, the agricultural industry because uh -huh. they uh, fortify the grain that they feed the cows. So a lot of people are saying, oh, oh you need to eat meat to mm. get your B12. Mm. And it's like, well, where, where is the cow getting the B12? Oh, it's just fortified, just a supplement. Mm. So we, we have to 
you know, peel back mm. so many layers mm. to get to get to the truth. Mm. And, you know, even in this media platform that we're on, um, censorship prevails. Yeah. So we have to be real, like, it's hard. It's really hard to find the right information. And even during the most recent, you know, incidents that have happened in, in the United States, mm. not once in the beginning did they say, exercise, <laughs> yeah. exercise, wow. change your diet, you know, get healthy, you know? So, so this is where- Why, why, dude? These are smart people. They, do they know these things? Well, I think they, they're, what they're looking for from a, and by the way, I just want to say, I love that I get to be um, an author, artist, writer, um, living in the desert, mm. that I'm not a public health official mm. dealing with people that don't, you know, want to listen. They don't want to take the advice, you know, et cetera. So I think what's happening is they're making decisions mm. in the moment yeah. of, of crazy, you know, limited information mm. that will potentially have the, the broadest spectrum of influence for the masses Mm. And so they make decisions. It turns out some of these decisions are right mm. and some are wrong. Mm. And that's where um, everyone is responsible, mm. you know, for their own. I mean, if I believe in anything, I believe in freedom, you know, of, of everything. Like mm. freedom is a very high value, yeah. you know, for, for me. Mm. And so those are the, the, the issues and it's hard to make decisions for other people. Yeah, yeah. So I hope I politically corrected and avoided that. But on the food thing, which I could talk about, why is there so much unhealthy food? Because mm. it's very profitable mm. to sell things. Mm. Like if you think about what's in a can of carbonated sugary beverage, yeah. right? High fructose corn syrup, mm -hmm. which is subsidized through the farm bill. Mm. Water, mm -hmm. which is just probably groundwater, it's not exotic spring water, mm. and a can, right? And some printing on the can or the, or the bottle. Mm. And they're spending more money on the marketing mm. than they are on the product itself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I read that the other day. It said Red Bull isn't a, a soda company, they're a marketing company. Oh, yeah. And well, actually, Red Bull Media was worth more uh -huh. than the, the, the product itself. Oh, interesting. But yeah, they're definitely a marketing. It's all about marketing. It's all about marketing. Advertising and marketing, which is, you know, in any of my houses, mm. um, and I'm blessed to have a few, we have no cable. Mm. We have no televisions. Mm. And Why? Why don't you have TV? Well, I think the TV is addictive, and I'm kind of opening up my soul to information mm. that may or may not be selectively chosen. Mm. So, you know, if I want to see something, mm. like for me to actually invest the time to watch a piece of content, mm -hmm. it has to be very deliberate. Yeah. Very deliberate. Mm. Like your content is worthy of my consumption, <laughs> right? But for the most part, um, it, it's not. So yeah. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to have the news streaming or anything. Like I'm just not, yeah. just don't want to be that. And I don't want my guests to have that either. Mm. Like people come to the desert, like you can watch TV in Motel 6. It's true. I want you to get outside, look at the stars, true. you know, 
use use your free will. Mm. Go climb the rocks. Mm. Love that. <laughs> um, Doug, I was I was reading your books and you and you you said something that kind of took me off guard. I was um I've always been a fan of avocado. Love avocado, the healthy fats. I think it's a great food, so much nutrients. So much goodness in the avocado. But every time I eat avocado, I always throw away the, the pit, the ball inside. Yeah. But you say don't do that. That's right. Why? Well, A, I, you know my relationship with seeds. A pit is a seed that there's some magic in there. Hmm. There's some magic. And there's many ways to consume that and many things that you could do with it. Hmm. Like you could soak it and then turn it into an avocado plant and have hmm. a nice green plant, creating fresh air in your home. Hmm. You could uh, put in a coffee grinder and make, you know, you talk about supplement, Prince EA's personal avocado supplement, mm -hmm. throw it, you know, in the coffee grinder, let it dry, let it dry out, throw in the coffee grinder, take that powder and add that to a smoothie or mm. sprinkle it on you know, your oatmeal or whatever hmm. healthy things you're having. Hmm. A lot of the nutrients are found there, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of nutrients in the skin. Hmm. There's a lot of great fat um, and in the flesh. Hmm. And there's a ton in the seed. Hmm. And if you sprout that seed, like soak it, sprout it, germinate it, there's, a, there's magical powers in that. Hmm. Like, and I think that's what we want to do. When What I found... And it's really interesting because I like first heard about you probably 2016, mm, okay. right? And I was like, man, that guy is so cool. Like I'd love to chat with him. A few years later, I get Princier following me on Instagram. Mm. And so I'm just being myself, mm. right? I'm just being myself. And what an interesting um, part to be chosen mm and to attract what we want in our lives by doing the work that we want to do. Mm. So I found that my stomach, and they say the stomach is the second mind, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? What you put in the stomach, um, you know, ties into intuition. Mm. Like, you know, the feeling mm. of, you know, what is intuition? What are emotions? What is time? Mm. I can tell you, you know, without being too woo-woo, my psychic ability mm. has like increased like through the roof. Wow. Just through the, through the roof. Mm. And, you know, like I'm not saying I can read your mind. I'm not saying I'm winning the lottery. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about synchronicities mm -hmm. unfolding mm. at like a crazy level. Mm. Like my wife, Savan, check this out. Mm -hmm. She was 33. I was 55. I was born in 66. Mm -hmm. She was born in 88. Mm. We were 22 years apart mm. and we got married on 2 22 22 at 2. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you make that up? Uh, right? And we're two, right? We're two people. Mm. And I was living in a tent in Wonder Valley Hot Springs near Joshua Tree. Mm. She was living in Holland and we met at Wonder Valley Hot Springs mm. before we opened mm. because like the calling was so strong. Mm. 
and our baby leaf, right? Check this out. That soul wanted to come through. That, like, I think leaf controlled the whole architecture <laughs> of this. Mm, your daughter. Our daughter, mm. our daughter leaf, who's mm. four months now. Mm. So this is just like the ability to just be in flow mm. is really powerful. Mm. How does somebody get into sprouting? Is it expensive? Is it, uh, how do you, do you have to go to the store and get the sprouts? Obviously, I think you, for me, it's, I grow my own. And I guess you, everybody wants to pick what's convenient for them. But what would you say is the easiest way to get into sprouting if somebody wants to grow them? Because I think, I think you not only get the benefits from the nutrition, but you get the benefits from the connection. Um, and you see this, this life happening. Sprouts are really easy to grow. As we talked about, you could grow, grow them with just water. Mm. So the easiest tools are a mason jar, mm -hmm. and they make a, a lid that you could buy that screws on it, or you could take cheesecloth and a rubber band. Mm. And um, if they're listening to this, they probably have access to the internet mm -hmm. and just Google organic sprouting seeds. Okay. And the easiest to start with are like alfalfa seeds, mm. mung bean seeds, lentils. And like lentil sprouts, you can start to eat, sprout them and eat them in two days. Oh, wow. So you're getting edible That's food. Huh. And lentils are super nutritious. Super nutritious. But basically the process is you're taking a seed, which is a dormant um, living organism, and you create the environment for sprouting which initially is you're soaking them overnight for simplicity purposes. Mm. Then the next day, you strain off the extra water and you rinse off the seeds one more time. And then you leave the jar inverted so that the extra water will run out. And then you rinse them twice a day. Mm. And that's sprouting. And what you'll see is that they will double in size almost every day. Hmm. And so you'll go from a little seed to sprout day one, two, three, four. And there's like, you, you grow the sprouts without sunlight, right? And there's interesting things. And I did something with Dr. B, um, who'd be also, uh, you'd love him. He wrote the, um, the book Fiber Fueled. Hmm. And in, in his book, he talks about that most people don't have a protein deficiency, they have a fiber deficiency. You know, I went deep in supporting him, mm. you know, in his second book and in his course where we talked about people who have a histamine um, issue that rather than taking traditional antihistamines, mm -hmm. that there's a way and published research of taking peas, green peas, mm -hmm. soaking them and sprouting them in the dark hmm. and by by sprouting them in the dark you create more um dao in the plant mm -hmm. which is actually a natural antihistamine what? because okay. the absence of the light stresses the plant and the plant <laughs> creates this and i don't know who discovered this or or whatnot like just miracles huh. so it's so interesting huh. that we are going down um, the plant. And I love sprouting green peas. Mm. And you can buy like 35 pounds mm -hmm. of green pea sprouts for like under $100, mm. $3 a pound, and get 
3X the volume. Mm -hmm. So you could literally be getting 100 pounds of organic vegetables mm -hmm. for a dollar a pound. Wow. Cost efficient. Cost efficient. Eating healthy doesn't have to be expensive, huh? Well, that's, you know, when I did my podcast with Marianne Williamson, mm. right? And part of is tuning in to different people with my expanders, and you're mm. an expander for me. Marianne is an expander for me. And when Marianne had the chutzpah mm -hmm. to run for president of the United States, like, I was like, wow, mm. this, this is a powerful woman. Mm. You know, I loved her work. And so... Similarly, psychically, you know, I called her into my life, mm -hmm. but I had to tune in to what she was interested in. Mm. And, which, and what she was interested in is food equality, yeah. food justice. Yeah. And that's when it's really sprouts for all. Mm. Like sprouts are like, we all should be equal mm. and we should all have access to equal mm. um, health and nutrition. Mm. And previously, if you were eating in gourmet vegan restaurants where, you know, one person's meal could cost $35 mm. plus tax and tip, et cetera. Mm. It's not that accessible. Mm. And a salad in McDonald's was $6, but a hamburger was 99 cents. And if someone's hungry mm. and they want that 800 calories, they're going to get the burger, Yeah, right? But for that same dollar, if someone could get this concentration positive package mm. of sprouts. Mm. So that was the whole food equality, food justice and food for all. Mm. You know, and my message shifted probably like 10 years ago, I was much more promoting everyone should be plant-based, you know, everyone should be vegan. Mm -hmm. And now I'm saying, this is how I am. Yeah. This is how I love myself. Yeah, that's great. Um, but for you, if the U.S. dietary guidelines recommend hmm. seven to 13 servings mm. of fruits and vegetables every day mm. and sprouts are a legitimate serving of mm. fruits and vegetables that could cost as little as 20 or 30 cents, mm. um, then economic um, consideration was no longer a barrier mm. to access to this nutrition. Mm. Seems like a no-brainer. I mean, this is a food that has so many uh, vitamins, minerals inside of it, so so much nutritious value, and so many anti-cancer properties. Uh, why wouldn't you eat it? Is there anybody who shouldn't eat it? Pregnant women, is there, is there anybody who's maybe not should eat sprouts? I, I can speak for my own household. My wife ate sprouts through her pregnancy, mm. right? Uh, Dr. Um, Dr. B., who wrote The Fiber Fuel, mm -hmm. is a gastroenterologist. Mm. His wife ate sprouts through her pregnancy. Mm. I published, by the way, my first peer-reviewed paper came out on Thanksgiving on sprout safety. Okay. So, and it's a peer-reviewed mm. um, paper where myself, Dr. Jed Fahey from Johns Hopkins University, mm. um, and uh, our data scientist, Jack, from the Netherlands mm -hmm. studied exhaustively hmm. um, all data that we could get, predominantly CDC, but other sources for foodborne illness, mm. hospitalizations, outbreaks, and deaths because people were concerned and I wanted to be concerned. Mm. And the peer-reviewed conclusive study said sprouts are as safe, if not safer, than any other food that you can eat. Hmm. And the number one culprit 
you know, of foodborne illness in the United States was animal products, mm. right? Meat. Mm. Secondly, fish. Thirdly, a dairy, mm. right? And then produce because of they're using fertilizer that comes from the poop of other animals. Mm. So that could create other parts. But sprouts were very safe in mm. all of our analysis. And then there's other things you could do if you are concerned, right? Germophobic, you know, concerned that I cover in the sprout book about how you can surface sanitize the seeds using a rapid oxidizer, whether it be peroxide mm. or vinegar or, you know, even something like diluted bleach, mm. you know, Clorox, mm. a hypo sodium hypochloride mm. is a rapid oxidizer. So if there's any potential pathogens or bacteria or fungus on the seed mm. and you soak it for five minutes mm. and then you rinse it off three or four times, the you're getting a one million to one reduction of, of pathogens. So you're starting with a safe part. Mm. So like... So I, I'm looking at this. The other thing is if someone has digestive issues, then, you know, start small, finish big. Mm. And I, I encourage everyone, I'm not a doctor, right? Speak to your medical doctor, speak to your nutritionist, speak to your dietitian mm. and try it out. But in the, the broadest spectrum, sprouts are vegetables. So if you're eating vegetables, you can eat sprouts. Mm. Doug, if you could wave a magic wand at the world and tomorrow your wish will come true, what would it be? I mean, it, it just equality for all uh, human and non-human animals. Mm. Much more love, you know, for oneself and for others mm. um, because I think that everyone will be happy. And you talked about, you know, Max and... and um, you know, self-image in part, like mm. the amount of resources that are being deployed and utilized for senseless superficiality. Like there's more than enough food mm. to feed the world. And the fact that we still have 10,000 people a day dying of starvation mm. and is just like pains me. I don't suffer when, when I think about that because that doesn't serve, right? It motivates me to shine and share my bright light. But when I think about that there's human suffering, 10,000 people, millions of people a year um, dying of starvation, mm. when in fact we have more than enough food, mm. right? For every calorie that's grown of plants, one calorie is fed to a human mm. and 10 calories are fed to livestock. Wow. So the disproportionate asymmetrical use of resources um, for the consumption and manufacturing and distribution of food just makes no sense. Mm. So if, if I can wave the, the magic wand is, you know, for people to think about, um, other people and mm. what they could do for other people and how can they serve? Mm. Like you serve and you serve in a very powerful way and you uplift the lives of so many people. Like if everyone woke up and the first question they asked is like, how can I serve the most number of people today in a selfless, enthusiastic way? The, the level of joy 
would just increase exponentially. You are an inspiration to so many, um, including myself. I want to thank you for being here, and I, I love this conversation. You have you have expanded our minds to the world of sprouts and to love and equality. Um, where can people follow your work and learn more about what you're doing? So sign up for my newsletter at thesproutbook.com. Um, my book is available, you know, everywhere. Um, the Sprout Book. I recommend uh, independent booksellers. You might have to wait two or three days. Tell them to order the book because they get books delivered. Most people don't know the average independent bookseller is getting a delivery of books multiple times a week. Mm. So support your small independent bookseller. If you're like me, you like to listen to audiobooks. The book is on iTunes and Audible. Um, it's in ebook for um, formats. And on Instagram, I'm just my name, Doug Evans. And on TikTok, which I've been having a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> sharing my content on TikTok. Yeah, how's um, it doing? People, uh, 180,000, oh, 180,000 followers, yeah. 28 million views, okay. you know, a couple right. million likes, <laughs> you know. Awesome. So, awesome. and I've only been on TikTok for four months. Mm, amazing. And what happened is someone said, hey, Doug, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they're losing, you know, they're losing their relevancy. You need to be on TikTok. So I went on to TikTok and all I saw was dog videos. And I'm not going to say that the guy with beginning with an A, first name with A, second name with T. And I was like, what, what is this? And then I had an aversion. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to post every day on this platform, every single day. And you know, 25 of my my videos on TikTok have gone viral with like crazy numbers in the millions. So which means people are interested in food sovereignty, food equality, food justice, you know, taking control of their own nutrition. So those are my simple things that I'm doing. Doug, thank you for being here. Really and appreciate my, it. My pleasure. It's, it's a joy. I'd come anytime. <laughs>